Here at the Ranger Report Podcast, we only represent products we believe in. As you've heard over the past year plus, we've been running our Walton's commercial. I've been using Walton's products for a long time now, and let me tell you, they're some of the best seasonings I've ever used. One of my staples to make at my house are pork chops, and their ultimate pork chop and roast rub has gotten more compliments than anything that I've ever used. For burgers, their better burger seasoning is delicious, and I only use that on my burgers. Again, tons of compliments. They have all kind of seasonings that you can imagine. They have barbecue sauce and the thick kind, not the watery kind at all. If you're into wild game, they have seasons and rubs for that as well. Don't forget their line of sausage casings and all the tools to make your own meat products from sausage and jerky to grinders and more. Walton's really is a one-stop shop for everything but the meat. If you like tips and tricks and videos on how to do a whole lot of things when it comes to cooking, then you should go to www.meatgistics.com. Go to www.waltonsinc.com today and start shopping and tell them the Ranger Report podcast sent you. Walton's, everything but the meat. This is Bruce Bochy, and you're listening to the Ranger Report. The Ranger Report. Yeah, the Ranger Report. Inside Scoop, listen to the Ranger Report. Oh, here we go! This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the World Series champion, Texas Rangers. From the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter, Tyler Nielsen, Kane McCutcheon, and C.J. Berryman. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Ranger Report podcast. We are brought to you on the Fans First Sports Network. And uh, by, we, of course, presented by Dallas Sports Nation. Brought to you, as always, by Waltons.com. Waltons.com, everything but the meat. And, of course, on the Preferred Health Solutions online studio, I am here with you. I am Ben Dieter. You can find me at Twitter on BDeter75 or X or whatever. I, <laughs> I am CJ Berryman. You can find me at CJB underscore RR on the X. <laughs> And I am Tyler Nielsen. You can find me on the X at TPN1983. What's up, y'all? It's Kane. I'm out here. Kane McCutcheon. You can find me on X at Kane McCutcheon6. And while you're on X, you should go vote for the NHL All-Star game as I'm wearing all my Stars gear and get Jason Robertson and Rope Hits to the All-Star game. Yeah, they've been doing well the past few games, for sure. They're winning right now, too. That's all yeah, all, I was going to say, all the Dallas teams seem to be up right now, which is good. Cowboys yes, are in the playoffs. Rangers just won a World Series. Stars are good, and the Mavs are doing pretty decent this year, too. Luke, that guy, Luca, he's all right, I think. Yeah, he's all right. We'll go with that. <laughs> that guy, Luca, he's all right. Speaking Ty, of Ty, Tyler's our Mavs expert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, well, I used to be a long time ago when I did a, a yeah. general sports podcast, but that's been since about 2014 since I've kept up with them consistently. So, well, you didn't want to watch that game last night. That was that was ugly. I heard. Yeah, I heard it was bad. Grizzlies, so. man, the John Morantless Grizzlies. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Bad. It was bad. All right. Well, speaking of things that are good. um, so I wrote an article today on DallasSportsNation.com about uh, Jordan Montgomery and whether he should come back or not, and I think he should. And, of course, Kane, I'll ask you because you're the one that made me aware of this. So does Hurtado Barbecue, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, if you live in DFW, you know Hurtado Barbecue, and I would re-sign with the Rangers alone for some Hurtado <laughs> Barbecue. Gosh, dang, that stuff is good. Um, yeah. 
they are offering Jordan Montgomery free barbecue for life, an offer that I would love to see any human turn down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Jordan Montgomery has still hasn't signed. I think he's probably asking too much for some teams. But my question is, I don't think he'd give a hometown discount either, but do you guys think it would be worth what he's asking to re-sign Jordan Montgomery? Uh Yes, but I think what's happening here is it's it's between the Yankees and Rangers. Yeah. And I honestly think that Montgomery's doing the Rangers a favor right now in waiting on the Bally settlement to 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 go down. And he's he's waiting to see you know what happens there. And I don't I don't know what deal he has been offered or whatever from the Yankees, but I think he's doing the Rangers a favor and just being patient. Um now today they announced that the hearing on that deal, uh, the Bally deal, uh, was pushed back nine days to January 19th. It was supposed to happen today. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see if maybe Montgomery loses patience and looks elsewhere, the Yankees or, or whoever else. But I, if I'm Montgomery, I mean, I, I sit there and I let that thing play out and, and see what the Rangers come back with. And he's obviously comfortable here. And, and, and he's a guy that i a hundred percent believe that he can pitch well into his career. We've talked, we've compared him to Kenny Rogers. He already has that makeup and he can pitch when his velocity starts going down, disappearing into his, into his early forties because he's crafty already throwing 93, 94 Tyler. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to approach it a little different route. I, I see him come. I see him returning to the Rangers without a doubt. I really do. Um, I'm hearing too many rumors. I'm hearing all this stuff. And the longer this thing has been, been going on and on you know of course the deal with Bally like you said CJ but um you can't I mean like Kane said too you can't give up free barbecue for life and from what I understand he wants to be part of the Rangers organization he he feels comfortable here and he's already pitched in New York and you know they sent him packing their own way and I don't I'm hearing New York's kind of out of the deal now so okay we'll see good yeah the deal the deal is yeah I mean if you look at the two franchises I mean, one just won the World Series, and which one is closer? Do you think to winning the World Series this year? I Alexa, think it's the Rangers. Shut up. I think the Rangers are closer to winning the World Series this year than the, the Yankees are with the way Alexa, they're currently built. Shut oh, up. I don't Absolutely, think, I don't think the Yankees are quite there yet. I think they're going to come back around because they always do. But I think if you want to win now, the Rangers is where he wants to be. Unless you know the Dodgers want to give him one dollar a year for the next ten years, and then a hundred million a year <laughs> after that. I don't know if that's what they'll do, but maybe they'll do that. But I think you know, I don't know. I don't. Know. I think I'm with Tyler. I think he's coming back, or at least at this point, I didn't three weeks ago. But now I really think that he, like CJ said, I think he's holding out because I think he wants to be here. I think he wants the Rangers to resign him, and I think he's given him every single opportunity that he can to get that done. And I think that's why you haven't seen many moves happen just, you know, right off the bat with the Rangers. Cause the Bally deal was, it's, it's been up in the air. I mean, since the season ended. Yeah. And so, why, I mean, why if you're any free agent, why wouldn't you want to come to Texas right now? Right now, I mean, you know, and, you look at the way this team is built. It's built to win for years. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot of guys that the Rangers have to go and get obviously shorn of the bullpen. Uh, they signed three, uh, non-roster invitees today so we'll talk about that here in a minute uh and they're veterans so um really no hurt there you can you know they're gonna they're gonna go to spring training on the on the major league roster not officially but yeah. to the major league major league te- uh major league team and and see what they do will smith you know same type of deal last year so uh we've we've had guys that that have fallen through cracks the rangers have picked up 
Adolis Garcia, you know, guys like that. I mean, you, yeah. you just never know. And taking a fly run, three veteran pitchers that we're going to again talk about. Let's get back to Montgomery. I digress. Yeah. Um, I want to pivot to ahead. for a minute because I think there was a, a little bit of some stuff left off the table. Um, I think going back to your original question, like, is it worth it bringing him back? Yes, it's worth it. I mean, he, this is a guy that had a top 10 ERA in baseball last year and showed that he could do it in the playoffs. So yes, it's absolutely worth it to me. I think first off, when you're talking about free agents and you ask me the Rangers or the field, I'm always going to pick the field. That's how stuff works in sports. You always pick the field. But to me, I think the biggest threat to the Rangers is the Boston Red Sox. Um, they've been interested in him from the get go. Um, his wife is actually working on her doctor's degree there right now. And that's where he's making his off season home is in Massachusetts. And the Red Sox just missed out on Shota Imanaga last night, yep. who signed for five years that's and $80 million dollars to yep. the Cubs. Um, so I think Ranger fans should have been rooting for Imanaga to sign with the Red Sox. With that being said, I mean, we've seen the ridiculous money that Yamamoto and now Imanaga have gotten without even throwing a single big league pitch. So this contract is going to be pretty, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot, but I think, I think it's worth it. He, he wants to be here. There's a mutual interest. Um, you know, obviously Chris Young doesn't talk about specific players and, you know, we don't, we're not going to get anything unveiled as far as the Bally deal goes and how that did, you know, limit them in free agency, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, whether he comes back or not. But I think if you're asking if it's worth it, it's worth it. Yeah, I would have to agree. Well, and another thing about that too, even if you do lose Montgomery to Boston, you still have a guy on the, on the market as in Blake Snell. Um, If the Rangers are willing to give Montgomery that kind of money, what tells you they're not willing to give Snell that type of money? So that's a damn good. I mean, you can look at it two different ways. And something too is like the Rangers work in secret. So it's like, it's, yeah. Oh yeah. Chris Young took over. Like we didn't know anything about Simeon or Seager or DeGrom. I I think I speak for almost all Rangers media. We found out that DeGrom signed with the Rangers because they emailed us and told us like, no, yeah, yeah. nothing. Like that's how I found it. I'd read, I'd read one thing that said that he was interested in coming here. And that yeah. was the only tie was between DeGrom and the Rangers. I didn't see anything from their side saying they were going after him. Seager, everybody was Simeon, thinking, yeah. same thing. It was, yeah, well, yeah Seager, there's interest Seager, there, and that was it. Seager and same was, thing, Seager, everyone Seager said. Seager was kind of a blind side, to be honest. Well, the Seager interest was because of, uh, at the time, Woodward, because he right. worked with Woodward in L.A. People thought, well, maybe he might consider them, but, you know, why would he go to Texas is basically what everyone was saying. And then, oh, look, him and Simeon both came to Texas. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was a crazy day, man. Well, I'll never forget that. Uh, that was insane. I that think also. Insane. going back to Tyler's original point is like, like, is it, you know, likely, are they going to pivot to another big name free agent? If they don't get Montgomery, we don't know, but pull them out of that just based yeah. on the fact that they do work in secret. It's like, they could have interests that, you know, we don't even know about. Yeah. So it's like, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens as far. We do know that they need another starter. Um, they'll probably no. somehow They'll probably somehow sign Shohei away from the Dodgers and no one will know how it happened. That's how, that's how in secret they work. They're going to give him five. They're going to give him uh what did he get? 60 million a year. They're going to give him 60, 60 point or 70. Was it 70, 70 a year? 70. Yeah, they're going to give him 60, 70.1 million a year. And he's going to leave the Dodgers. <laughs> Watching Shohei Otani come to LA in the Japanese media that follows him is an experience that I will never forget in my <laughs> life. Like there was at least 10 people that were just walking around taking pictures of him. And I was like, yeah. what? like, wow. Yeah. Well, there's Japanese media there. That's, that's actually 
paid to live where Shohei Otani yeah, yeah, lives yeah. to cover him. And so the, it wasn't just affecting him and his family. Yeah, it was, it was affecting a whole lot of Japanese media that they have yeah. on location. So they're having to pack up and, of course, not move very far, obviously. But yeah, but cross town. Yeah, yeah. that's insane to me. I mean, that's a whole other conversation for a whole other different. Yeah, thing. yeah. But like I, I would not. You won't see me doing that. All right. I want to mention again. Um, with the Montgomery talk that, you know, we do have uh, Jacob DeGrom and of course uh, Max Scherzer that will be coming back at some point during the season. We don't know exactly when, but right now as it stands, the Rangers rotation would be, if nothing changed, they have their depth chart listed as Nathan Avaldi, Andrew Heaney, Dane Dunning, John Gray, and Tyler Mayhew, who they signed um, as the rotation right now. And then of course you've got guys like Cole Wynn and Jack Leiter. Cole Wynn is tearing it up in the winter league. Like, like his ERA is sub two, but the thing That's is, is great. he keeps, he keeps walking way too many people when he's pitching at round rock. Like he he's, when he's got his command, he's unstoppable. And when he doesn't, he's a trash can fire. It's like, I don't know if I would trust Colwyn to come up and do anything. And then Jack lighter again, he had to go to the developmental league last year because he just couldn't find it. So these guys, you know, and, and people don't realize how hard it is to get from the minors to the majors. They just think, oh, you're a number, you're a number one pick or number three pick or number two pick. You're just going to get to the majors in a year or two. That's not how it works, man. The difference between the SEC and double A is incredible. I mean, just amazing. And we saw that with Jack. So another reason I think to bring him Montgomery is we need some depth and we don't really have it right now until DeGrom and Scherzer get back. You guys agree? I agree. I think also, Ben, you, you brought up a, uh, Tyler Mayhe or Molly or however you say his yeah. last name, but he's Molly, out to the yeah. all star. He's out to the all star break too. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Mally. I, I guess Mally, right now Mally, you're yeah. you would have to put it. You'd have to put in Bradford, I guess, at the five to start off the year. And I would yeah, feel comfortable with Bradford. Fine with I'm fine. With uh, yeah, I'm completely fine with uh, Cody Bradford coming in there. Yeah. But I mean, as long as you can ride the ship long enough, you know, for the beginning of the season, I think you're going to be just fine because after the all star break. I mean, look what you're bringing back. If everything goes good in the rehab and everything is successful, and those guys come back in dominant form, like they well, even, even the three come back, not all three of them. You know, right, you're still, yeah. you're still, you still got two good pitchers. I mean, we saw Degrom at eighty percent was still better than anybody else on the on the rotation. Yeah, correct. I like what Tyler said. Um, well, I don't remember exactly what he said, but uh, the rotation is essentially you know, undergoing a line change at the all-star break when Scherzer mm-hmm. comes back to Grom comes back and Tyler Molly comes back. Mally. No, gosh. Um, Mally. Sports Mally. Mally. Yeah, <laughs> I think that um, <clears throat> the rotation as constructed, like it'll hold up like that rotation. You just listed will hundred percent, you know, it'll hold up. But I think something that a lot of people aren't talking about and, you know, Ben, you touched on it is like, we got to see like what what is Degrom, what is Scherzer, what is Tyler Malley going to look like when they come back? I said none of those guys could hit when they come back. You know, this is Degrom's second Tommy John surgery, and we you know you don't even know what pitchers look like after their first Tommy John, let alone the second. You know, yeah. um, I even before all this, I kind of had some injury concerns with the rotation. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Just to me, you're banking a lot on the health of you know, prior to this Max Scherzer and also Evaldi who didn't stay healthy the entire year, John Gray, John who's Gray same deal. ever since he's got here. So it's like, you know, I, I think, and you know, kind of with where they're at right now, I think a prospect is going to have to step up, whether that is lighter when someone who got to look like Owen white, Cody Brad, like somebody's going to have to step up to just, 
keep this thing above water. Yeah. And I think, again, I also think when those guys come back, they're going to be very limited on innings. So you're still going to need some of those guys, long relievers coming out of the bullpen, like an Owen white, like a Cody Bradford to come in and give you five, you know, really, really good innings out of the bullpen. Cause if the gives you even three, four, even yeah, four. if the gives you three and strikes out, you know, seven or eight or nine or whatever, and has a really good start, you got to have someone to come in in the fourth inning. And like, like CJ said, pitch, maybe fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh and be able to just hold what the Rangers have and not, you don't want, you know, like a, I don't know, Warner Madrigal to come in and give up 14 home runs in one inning. You got to have somebody. <laughs> That's uh, a name drop. I forgot about old Warner. I just remember. I don't know if you remember his one start as a Ranger. It was in Boston. It was 11, nothing. it was 11, nothing in the first inning. That's all I remember about that start. But he had was, to sit there and eat it. Cause we didn't have anybody. We to, didn't have anybody else to come back to come back and, and, and take over and eat some innings. So that would, yeah. You but yeah, like Kane said, we need, we need, we need someone cause the depth, we need the depth. And that's what I feel like they're missing right now. Even though we have all these prospects, like everybody thought Cole Wynn was going to be a starter by 2022, you know, 2023 at the latest and things have not gone well for him. Everyone thought lighter would be there next year. You know, everyone wants Brock Porter to be ready, but he's still at single a, you know, everybody Kumar rocker was like, he'll be ready. And then he had Tommy John surgery. So it's like, you know, that's why you have so many prospects is this stuff happens and you've got to be ready. Well, I guess if worst comes to worst, the worst situation we can look at it, guys, is we could always go out and try to get Austin Hedges to come back to the Rangers. Dude, when Austin Hedges signed with Cleveland, I was crushed. Like I was sad too. Breakup. Like I hate when baseball takes my friends away. Gosh. Yeah, I know. The business side of it stinks because I wanted to see Hedges celebrate every home run like he'd never seen one before all season long. <laughs> In plays in the outfield, like the uh, Jankowski, when he almost had that one, when he did the dive into the stands, and he's just going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just like I said, watching him for every single home run that that was hit, especially in the playoffs, he looked like a kid at the ballpark that had never seen a ball clear the fence before, and it was the most exciting thing he'd ever seen in his life. (laughs) And uh, wasn't it – it was a a strikeout or something too, or no, it was the double play that that, – Simeon and Seeger turned. Seager and, pulled, yeah. Yeah. That he like, yeah. he almost fell over with it. Like he was freaking out so much. It's like just watching him was just a joy. I mean, that, he, I'm going to miss funny. him. Kane was right. I was sad when he signed. Yeah. yeah I'm going to miss him. That's, I'm not going to lie. This is, this is unrelated, but that picture y'all just mentioned, I have no clue who he is, but I'm going to assume that he's the equivalent of Mike Fulton Evich and just move on. No, he, he made Mike uh, Fulton Evich no, look like an all star. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. This was, this was back at the time where, where, the Rangers would lose games 13 to 11. They could hit, but they could not pitch Ooh, like that whole, yeah. that was the like 2002 to 2007 era where they, they would, I mean, they'd get out there. And and the funny thing was like, he had thrown a couple innings as a reliever and looked pretty good, but man, he fought, I remember the first batter of the game. And this is Boom, some people remember this. He, he faced Manny Ramirez mm. and they said it was the longest ball ever hit in ball. When he <laughs> threw it, when he threw it, it was a slider. And the slider was about 89 miles an hour straight down the middle with no movement whatsoever. No. Nope. And they said it, it, it didn't, it didn't clear. It didn't clear the green monster. Like you couldn't see it. And they said it broke a windshield like out in the parking Behind lot it. and no Behind ball had it. ever gone into that part of the parking lot before. So it was like a 530 foot home run for Manny. It was crazy. That's crazy. My details in Rangers history 
obviously young, so they're a little bit flawed. There was at one point this year. So do y'all remember when Juan Gonzalez came back this year? No, um, we have no idea who's Juan Gonzalez. <laughs> so when, he, when he was coming out, when he was coming out, they played his walk-up song, which was a Star Wars theme. I had no clue what that was. I was like, why did they just play the Star Wars theme? That so was his out, walk-up song. Yeah. I put it out oh, on Gonzo. Twitter. I yep. was like, why did they do that? Igor. Igor. Everybody was playing me. All these people, my uncle texted me. He's like, how do you not know that? Man? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I was like, ah, I never felt so dumb in my life. It's I used like, to love, I used to love when David Murphy walked up and there, he had that worship song. Yeah, 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 and yeah. everyone in the stands would sing it at the same time while it was, yeah. was what was, it was, that? It was where it was, I uh, where, was, yeah, where I belong. Uh, it was yeah, called where song. I belong. Great song. That was that a great, yeah, and that was a great walk-up song. I like anyway. dude, some of the guys. I like Marcus Simeon's walk-up song. That's my graves by KV and Brandon Lake. A lot of kids. Yeah. Might that but that's some good that's some good ones man it's i like they i like ian kinsler's black betty yeah that was pretty good too <laughs> oh but black austin betty. I think this year the Austin Hedges fat bottom girl cracked me up. Who was the one? Who was the walk up song that used to play for the Rangers? He used to come up and do that baby shark thing. That was Elvis. 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 It was when he first started having kids. Yeah, I thought it was Elvis. Yeah, Yeah. when he first started having kids. Yeah, Yeah, baby shark. And the whole crowd would get into it and stuff. Yeah. Well, what little crowd we did have at the time. (laughs) That's another guy I almost wish that they would have brought back like this last year since they won the World Series. I wish Elvis could see him get a ring. Yeah, just to see him get a ring. Yeah, yeah I, I was because, thinking about that the other night, Ben. I was like, man, I must have a lot of players a, there. Michael got a ring. Ian got a ring because they were all part of the franchise, right? You know, but but Elvis was is still playing, and he and like Beltray. Beltray would have been cool. Yeah, they'll probably give him one. <laughs> yeah, he deserves one. Just give <laughs> him one anyway. Uh, want to see Robinson Chirinos get a ring? That what's was, another? What's another four hundred thousand dollars? That they don't care about that. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, Elvis could could be utility infielder. You know what I mean? Elvis could be the he Austin Hedges crazy. that just sits on the bench and cheers. Yeah, I'd yeah. be fine with that. I bring would him, too. Bring him back bring him to back. be a cheerleader. I'd be fine I, with I that. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it at no, all. No, Elvis. Elvis is is one of my favorites. That he never he never reaches that that you know like Michael Young, Nolan Ryan, Pudge Rodriguez area. Yeah. But he was still one of. My, I mean, he was he was the best shortstop in baseball during 2010 and 2011 when they made those runs to the World Series. And he's he definitely a, a fan. Fa- he's definitely a fan favorite. That's for yeah, sure. He had a heck of a career in Texas, man. He really did. Mm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like there's a lot of those. That's what a lot of, a lot yeah. of my age posting on TikTok and a lot of Ranger fans talking about, you know, that's like, it's not the same, man. It's not Josh Hamilton, Michael Young, Ian Kinsler. I know for y'all, it's a completely different yeah. bunch of players, but those are like, like 2012, 2013. Those are like the players I grew up on. So it's, it's kind of wild seeing how much it's changed. Well, there's guys, I mean, and Tyler and Ben can speak on this too, that I, that I wish could have gotten a ring. And uh, one is Rusty Greer. Yep. Uh, that's that's number one for me. Uh, Mark McLemore. Yep, is another oh my one. guy. Mac. Uh, yep. Will Will Clark. Will Clark. Rafael Palmero. Yep. Uh, despite the whole steroid thing, uh, there's 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 just a ton of Juan Gonzalez. Pudge. 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 Juan Gonzalez. Well, Pudge does work Pudge for the organization. Got, that's right. Pudge does work. Pudge, for Pudge got a ring with the Marlins. Yeah, yeah. That, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, it's what just, about you know, and then. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Ben. No, go ahead. I'm going to change the subject, so go ahead. I was just going to say, what about guys like Derek Holland, Kobe Lewis? Yeah, well, they all deserve it. Kobe Lewis, yeah. That's my uh, my wild card pick to to get CJ Nikowski's job is Derek Holland. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. But I think think it's going to be Murphy. I think it's going to be Dave Bally. Yeah, 
they brought him in last year to be the third guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dave Valley. Dave Valley. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be Backup Dave Valley. Backup for the Rangers in the mid. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be Dave Valley. I think. I don't know. I think well, from what I'm hearing is they're going to split it. Yeah. Well, I, I, between yeah. him and Murph, I'd be fine with that. No, Murph. No yeah, Murph. I'm, I was amazed when he first did it, at how good he was at. Yeah, uh, he's good. Yeah. Like Murph went when, when, and I met him, which you know, of course, that I don't get nervous meeting a lot of people, but I got nervous meeting Murph because he was one of my favorite players during that 2009, 10, 11, 12 era. Like, you know, we called him Little Hamilton during the times that Josh got hurt. And he yeah. came in and was like, hey, guys, look, I'm going to hit five home runs in a week. You're like, what? Dude, you hit five home runs all year. How did you hit five home runs in a week while Josh Hamilton was hurt? Murph would always come through when he needed to, man. Yeah. But yeah, I think between him and Valley, I think that's what they're probably going to do to replace CJ. Yeah, I think. Which not. we hadn't talked about that much, but I know a lot of fans did not like CJ Nikowski. I liked him. I know Great there, are lot, there are a lot of people that well, they just didn't like the way he called games. Yeah, but yeah, really. I I talked to him. I, mean, I know you did too, Kane. Yeah. Super nice, super oh, nice yeah. guy, man. Yeah, for sure. And of course, because he lives up there, it's just a great decision for him. Yeah, no, you know? I think we're all happy for him. I mean, we're gonna miss him, obviously. But absolutely, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why people that wouldn't like. Yeah, I liked CJ. him. I thought him and Dave were doing a great job. Yeah, and, but there are people that don't like Dave either, and I really like Dave. Dave is sarcastic, Dave is, and I love it. Dave is, well, and and, and and Nikowski, I mean, he pitched a little bit for the Rangers, and he, he actually pitched everywhere. If you yeah, it. yeah, he well, yeah, he pitched for pretty but, much every franchise. I mean, I, I and this is me talking from the pitching side, me being an ex pitcher and whatnot, loving how he breaks down the pitches, and he's yeah. you can see. You know, when they slow it down from behind and they're showing, yeah, you know, he, he calls out the pitches and whatnot. And that's that's how I would do it. You know, um, he's he was very knowledgeable. Obviously, he was an, he's a major league pitcher. And I, I, I love getting those insights because people just think that uh, there's a lot of people, even fans, quote unquote, that watch the games and think, you know, pitchers just out there throwing the ball. Yeah. No, there's so much more that goes into it. And yes. And I thought CJ did a great job for us. I think, you know, as far as best announcers go, I have two favorites for two totally different reasons. One was when Josh and Tom were together, Josh Lewin, Josh and Tom Lewin and Tom Green. They were like the perfect, like Opposite. funny straight man and, you know, comedian in the booth. They were great. And then the other one, with Steve Busby because you never knew what the heck that dude was going to say. Yeah, true. Like, he had, he had, uh, he, there was a hashtag on Twitter and CJ, you might remember this during the time Busby there was called Rangers after dark. Every time Busby said something that could be taken wrong, which no, he, did all, he did all the time. And there was a hashtag that went around called Rangers well, after dark. And, and so they, they had a few games there where it was him doing the, doing the play by play and Jim Sunberg doing the color. Yeah. Yeah. And, Dude, those were awesome. Yeah, they I were love good. Those. But Buzz is another one like you're talking about. His knowledge of pitching was so great that like listening to him describe what was happening, you actually felt like you like for me, I didn't pitch, but I understood it a lot better listening to him and then listening to CJ because they like you said, they can break it down to a point where you can when they're saying it and you're watching the hand, you can actually see what they're talking about, like what they're doing with the ball. And for me, that's good because I'm I'm a, I mean, I'm not a casual baseball fan anymore, but I never played the game at any sort of professional or semi-professional level. Well, well the best I did was pick up baseball. Putting pressure, you know, on yeah. a cutter, which finger you put pressure on uh, with the circle change and how to make yeah. it. There we go. How yeah. to make it, you know, kind of dive out. Yep. And, Good stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's another thing I want to talk about with uh, Jose Leclerc. I just want to clear something up because they always, and, and Matt Hicks mentioned this and it just reminded me of it. Uh, Jose Leclerc doesn't throw a slider. It's called right. a cut change. Yeah, it's yeah. Change up. Just the way he grips it, 
it looks and reacts like a slider, but has change up look and feel to it. So that's why he's getting so many swings and misses whenever he's on. Yeah, when he's on, you're exactly right, CJ. When he's on, that dude is unhittable because you've seen what he did. And the way he started off the season, it was not promising. And I mean, golly, he completely turned it around. Well, the whole bullpen did him in and general. Scores, him and him and scores, man, their turnarounds are, are what really, I think, saved saved the bullpen, saved the season, saved the playoffs, saved everything. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that bullpen. Yeah. Man, there was wow, there was a good stretch where I would just show up to the ballpark every day, and I'm like, at this point, like Bochy's just picking someone and hoping they're good tonight. They <laughs> yeah, right now, and like you know, I'm talking to everyone, like you know, I'm like, is this does this happen? Like, this is my second year. Like, does this like you know, it was a it was an absurd. Like, they blew more saves than they converted, but like. Because yeah, he like blew more saves than any any other team in the league. When I first yeah. started watching baseball, the Rangers bullpen was actually tough with Joe Nathan, yeah. Mike Adams, and Robbie Ross. I was like, oh shoot, like they're, they're dude, after, I love I love I loved Robbie Ross, man. That dude, that, dude was a that was that yeah. was that was ask, ask the, the Detroit Tigers about what they think of Alexio Gondo yeah. in that 2011 World Series. He dominated, man. Ooh. Uh, yeah, but I, I still think like you know, I still think currently my favorite reliever of all time is Josh Spores, just because of Strike Three in the World Series. You know, got it. Like the, the, it's the, hard the, to argue that one. The picture of him spiking the glove is going to be one of the most iconic pictures in franchise history. There might be a statue of that out front one day. I would not be surprised if there was. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to order. I'm going to order that picture. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing photo, man. Amazing. It is. That I'm glad you brought that up, Ben. So we can go through. Uh, who are y'all's favorite Ranger? Who's your favorite reliever of all time with the Rangers? Ben, I'll start with you. Start with me. Okay, it's not actually not Spores all time. I wish it was, but um, you know, favorite reliever of all time. That's so tough. I think it would probably have to be for me, Neftali Feliz, during his stretch where he was. I mean, he was the most dominant. Cl- like if the Rangers hadn't ruined him and tried to make him a star, try to make him a star. I think he would have been another Mariano Rivera who who went. 15 years of just unhittable clothes. But I think, I think they thought he was ruined after 2011 when he blew that save with one strike away. And so they wanted to try to refresh him by making him a starter. But and I think Neftali's elbow and had out Tommy John. I think Neftali is my favorite reliever of all time for the Rangers. Uh, for me, I'm going way back into the jar. I'm going to go with John Wetland. Um, love seeing John Wetland come out of the pen, man. He was amazing. He was despite his, um, well, yeah, but that had nothing to do with his playing. The field, but yeah. yeah. The play. Yeah. He was great. Um, yeah. go ahead, King. Ooh, I don't know. This one is tough for me. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot. I feel like I would have to go. I mean, that 2013 Joe Nathan was like a different level of, yeah. tough. like yeah. he was really, really good. <laughs> Other than that, I'm trying to think who else have they really had? Like in the 2010s, like that era, I don't, no one really said. I mean, Sam Dyson had that good run and then just fell off. The <sighs> Another one who had some off the, off the field issues. Fell off the yeah. earth. Um, Jake Jake Diegman was uh, was also. Very oh, I liked him a lot. I liked him a lot. Yeah. He's still pitching too. Yep. Yeah. Matt Bush is always an interesting uh, story. Matt Bush, I'm with you on that just because of the story behind how he came back. The story and, then, and how he didn't put up with shit and drilled Batista right in the ribs. I also Batista. love the fact that he has a World Series ring and he never threw a pitch for the Rangers this year. Yes, nope. it's not a Ranger team without Matt Bush. And then this who year, was the, who, Go ahead, Kate. No, I was going to say, who was the closer that leads – I think he's all-time uh, saves leader. We were like kids, CJ. Jeff Russell. So he's, yeah, there Jeff Russell. Jeff yeah, Russell. That, no, that, there was another guy. There was another guy. 
There's Tom Hinkey. Tom Hinkey. Tom Hinkey's who I'm thinking about. Mm. Jeff Russell to me was my was my favorite reliever. Uh, Jeff Russell, yeah, you can't go wrong there, man. No. Yeah, he had two stints with the Rangers. He went to Boston for a little bit, was their closer, then came back. Um, uh, maybe, see. maybe I'll attach a poll to this uh, in the show notes of the podcast yeah. and get people that's to vote actually, on. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Put on who their favorite idea. reliever is. That's good, or put it on Twitter maybe and see who who people pick as their favorite reliever. <laughs> This year, my favorite reliever, completely unrelated to baseball, Chris Stratton, was super sad when he went to KC. Heck of a guy. Great walk-up song, Brother by Need to Breathe. <laughs> yep. and, uh, dis- disappointed when he he left. but uh, He did not have a good postseason, but he barely pitched. He didn't. But he he did help the Rangers get there in the, in the, in the regular season. For sure. I mean, him and him and Montgomery, that, that to me, you don't win a World Series without that acquisition. And when they got those guys, I thought, why? Who are these people? You know. Mm. And you don't go to the World Series without Montgomery and Stratton. Well, and, and John, while well, you were talking I mean, about the it, cannot be, it cannot be un- understated. No, 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 no. As well, John Gray coming out of the bullpen. Oh yeah, and Andrew time. Heaney. I mean, and Andrew Heaney, but I mean, John Gray had been a starter his whole. Yeah, the whole life. Same with Montgomery when he had to come in, yeah. you know, to, to 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 finish what was that the Astros game? Yeah, game seven. Yeah, and um, you know John Gray in the World Series. I mean, just lights out. And so though, I mean, there's so many guys that uh, you can point to in the playoffs that, that yeah. picked up and were not playing their roles as they were during the regular season. But I mean, that they turned the bullpen into a strength. Yeah. Oh, you look at Cody Bradford. Cody yeah. Bradford's another. Look what he did coming out of pin. Look at that one game he came in and freaking he was absolutely amazing. I can't remember yeah. was that game one or game yeah, two against the race. It was yeah, game that one. was it was game one. That was uh, no, it was game one of I think you're thinking Orioles. Oh, the Orioles series. It was it was, it was Heaney Heaney opened. Yeah, and, and then, then Bradford came in and, and did like shut the door down. Five yeah. innings. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought y'all were thinking of Game One of the World Series. I thought he, Game One of the ALDS was Heaney Dunning. Did Bradford come into that game too? Maybe I know he. I know I know Bradford came in in Game One of the World Series. Yeah, well. he he followed. Yeah, in Game One of the World Series, but I'm thinking Baltimore. I think it was okay. Game One in Baltimore because that was a bullpen game. Yeah. Speaking of the bullpen, for me, I think the number one thing that I've realized just about baseball in general since in the last two years that I've been on this beat is that the bullpen, like relievers have hot stretches and cold stretches just like hitters do i guess i never really realized that like just like take a role as chapman for example when he first got here the dude he was oh yeah Yeah. it was done he could not and then everyone's trade and then two months later was the worst trade ever dude it's electric every time you would come in they had they turn the lights down everyone with their phone flashlights i want to like run through the back wall of the press box like (laughs) and then then the (laughs) On the stretch of the regular season, he couldn't get a guy out. And I was like, yeah. that's what I realized. And Joe Barlow, too, last year, he was tough at the beginning of the year. Joe Barlow was, yeah. was damn good. Yeah. That's the thing. You're right. The, 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 the Rangers bullpen went on a hot streak exactly when the Rangers had to have them do it this year. That's why you win a World Series. So like you said, pitchers have hot streaks. I mean, look at Montgomery. I, I really think that the tone was set with that diving catch on the bunt. Yeah, yeah, game one of, of the Rays. I think I, I think that set the tone for the whole playoffs. When he was willing to go do that, I think that the team it kind of fired everybody up, and it's 
And Montgomery's not a little guy. I mean, he's a big boy. He's a big guy for him to lay and out he had like to, that. And he had to go opposite because he had to go to the yeah, right. Yeah, the right, right. First, first, first base side and dive across his body to make that play. And yeah, he's a big old boy. Yeah. Did they show he's us a big old boy. on that play? I don't remember. They must have. <laughs> I'm sure they did. <laughs> I just kept on watching the replay about Montgomery. I was like, wow, but I think that's a great point, Ben. That is, it, I totally agree with what you said. I think that set the to, uh, tune for what was going to happen in the playoffs and the players were like wow i mean you know montgomery our pitchers doing this let's go let's go get this thing well i think his whole start set the tone that day yeah scoreless innings you know showed emotion after at the end of it a guy that doesn't show emotion like that Valdi comes out the next game same thing yeah Yeah. i think for for me that game one of the al of the al wild card showed Mm -hmm. me that they actually had a shot like i didn't think they did going into that game and after that game, and then like CJ said, after game two, I thought, okay, this this team doesn't look like I expect them to look. And then, of course, the rest is history. So, I want to ask y'all. I want to ask y'all something because I was thinking about this the other day. Was there ever a point in the regular season, like, was there just a light switch for y'all where y'all were like, hmm, this team could be pretty good? Because I'm not like World Series team, but like, okay, they have a chance to make some noise. And I ask this because for me. I remember specifically one day it was, it was like a May game and um, you know, they just had killed the Rockies. I don't remember if y'all remember that it was Sunday. Oh, game. That was, a, that, was yeah. the, that was the whole series. <laughs> powder, yeah. The whole series. It was a powder blue Sunday. The roof was open and they just killed him. And I'm just sitting there top row of the press box. And I'm like, maybe, maybe we got something here. Like, was there that moment for y'all? For me, I'll, I'll go first. For me, it was that beginning of August when they mm-hmm. won, was it 10 in a row or yeah, they won. Or nine out of ten. I think it was nine out of ten. Yeah, where they they started off so hot, and I thought, okay, you know, because they have no Degrom, you know, they have, I mean, all the things were going wrong with them, you know, and I was thinking, you know, well, they're going to fall apart, and then they came out and just murdered everyone for the first ten days of the month, and I was like, okay, this team, this team has a shot. This team has a real shot. That was coming out of the All Star break, basically. They had a huge streak coming out of the All Star break because they won. I think it was six in a row straight out of the All Star break. Then they had that big streak at the beginning of August. And I was like, all right, this team, this team may actually have some, but like you, I didn't think world series. I thought we're going to make a little bit right. of a run in the playoffs this year. Yeah. CJ, I'll, what about you? I'm going to go with, it's right around the same time as Kane, but not, not that Rocky series, but just a little after oh. that, uh, they obviously blew the doors off of, of Colorado and then it went out and laid an egg against uh, Pittsburgh. And then, but then turned around and won two in a row. Then, day off and they go to Baltimore at Baltimore oh, and yeah. crush yeah. Baltimore yeah. 12-2. Then yeah. they won. Then they won. Uh, I can't remember the score of the second one. They did lose the last game in that series and then went to Detroit and took two or three there. I'm like, okay. Th- I mean, this, this is, yeah. they're good. I mean, this is, this is a playoff caliber team right now. And, yeah. and we didn't think that was going to be the case. We honestly, none of us did. No. And I was like, okay, this team is, is built different. Their, their mentality is different. Um, you can credit that to to Bochi. You can credit to Mike Matt. I mean, I, everybody, Chris Young. I mean, everybody. But I mean, right then I was like, this might be a you know for real. We might make the playoffs this year. That's 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 what my initial thinking was. Yeah. For me, it was uh, when the Rangers were sliding at one point, and they went into Toronto and swept that series. And to me, that was a turning point in the season. And you look at that series, and you were like, okay, you think this team is done? 
they're washed up. Everything's, you know, you know, they're not going to even make the playoffs and all that stuff. And when they went into Toronto, and that's a tough environment. The Rangers have not games. Put them in four games, and it was a dominant performance. It wasn't just yeah. barely getting by it. And to me, yeah. that was a turning point. That's when I thought, you know, this team, this team knows even through the downs, you know, they got right back on the horse, and there they were. They were ready to go. So that was a turning point for me. Awesome. That series, I thought I was like, okay, you know, they're they're they have a chance that maybe they can make a run in the playoffs. And then they went immediately from yeah. Toronto and got swept by Cleveland. And I was yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They did a lot it, of that. It was this such year. A, it was such a season like this. But here's the thing: it was huge up, and then good steady, and then huge down. Yeah. It was like a roller coaster, steady, a literal roller coaster. Huge <laughs> Yeah. Hey, at least they finished like, it on the very top of the roller coaster, though. Yeah, yeah they did. They did like, finish they were, at the top. It's like riding the Texas Giant. Yep. Yep. All right. This has been the Ranger Report Podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. Thank you guys for coming on tonight, Kane. Always good to see you, man. Yeah, good so seeing you, bro. Hey, you'll hear Kane. I got I got your name added by my voiceover guy, so it'll be in the beginning of this one. Oh, let's go. So you're, yeah, I got all four of our names for the first time will actually be said in the intro. So my congratulations, protege, Kane. My protege is growing yeah, up. I yep. made it. I, I got I got your name in the intro. I had to pay money for that, but that's okay. I'm gonna check this out. I'm, I'm, I made it, man. <laughs> all right, guys. Talk to you next week. Bye. This is where's my hand? There it is. This. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report Podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.